Welcome to Stephen Explains the News. A norm is a pattern of behavior that is typical or expected of a group or system. And friends, what we have is an abnormal president. And it's causing some problems. Let's take a look. Here we go. Stephen Explains the News. No, I think that the the rhythm of a place, if it's always go, go, go. You burn out. Yeah, for sure. You burn out 100%. It, it's not, honestly, I don't think that we should be working 40 hours a week. Anyways. I, I think you need to have kind of a sense of real season. Yes. And I think that that's, that's a, kind of a problem, in not, not just in America, huh. but in Southern California. Yeah. Where we don't have literal seasons, yeah. but also, you know, so it's... Right. Always. It, it always feels the same. Yeah. And I, I honestly, it's like a theological argument here, too, uh, that I'm not going to make right now. Yeah. Welcome on into the show, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Fens and Newsies, the Anonymous Collective. Welcome on in, everybody. You did it. Proud of you already. Uh, with me, as always, is Kayla. Kayla, how you doing? Here I am. <laughs> Ready. Ready. I feel like there's, uh, there's so many things that I feel like I want to tell you actually i love it um just open up almost like nothing really that has to do with me though okay it's all having to do with celebrities right now hot celebrity gossip. yeah well kind of okay all right okay both include katie perry love obviously obviously first one katie perry and taylor swift do you know very much about them okay uh yeah the, oh oh no, no no I I actually know that they they have a feud yes because there was a backup dancer yes. that worked for Katy Perry yes that Katy Perry was going to be on a hiatus and yes. allowed the backup dancer to work with for Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift wouldn't allow that backup dancer either out of the contract yeah. or just she was really mean to her yeah or him I don't yeah, know yeah. um and then there was all sorts of drama and now they got bad blood. Yes. Okay. I did, know all did, of that. Did you know that because of car, uh, carpool karaoke? No, I have no idea what... Oh. I mean, I know what that is, but I don't know how oh, it factors I'm, in. I'm really impressed with you okay. for knowing all that information. Anyways, <laughs> Katy Perry sent Taylor Swift a olive branch. A literal olive branch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, literal olive branch and a note like from... Well, that sort of matches the subtleness of her lyrics. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So apparently, it's they're they're making it up. They, well, has it up. well has Taylor responded? She just is posted something on social media, media saying, I, "Like this means so much to me." Oh, okay. I know. Well, that's a big deal. I know. Honestly, I think it's all for publicity. All for publicity. I they, think they're secretly best friends. Kanye so. was sucking up all the air, yes. and so they're like, "We got to yes. get back some of them sweet, sweet retweets." Yes, which we're not going to even speak his name. Oh, right. okay, all right. Wait, do you not know anything about Kanye? Yeah, all of his weird MAGA stuff. And saying that slavery yeah, is a choice. Okay, exactly. He let's just to... let's just let's skip on. Let's <laughs> not waste any more time. Also, one last thing. Yeah. The Met Gala. Oh yeah, the, the I I saw sort of the. Oh. the the pictures online. I think it's becoming a bigger thing. It, oh, it's it's already big. In fact, now it's going to become passe. Really? I feel like now that now it's be, it's peak. Yeah. And now it's gonna now it's gonna be backlash. Okay. Because there's sort of like a there's such a bread and circuses element to it. Yeah. Right. There's such a ostentatious like Hunger Games. It, yes. That's right? Exactly what I was thinking. And like that can be fun. Yeah. When it's sort of artistic and it's yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. But then also when you just take a step back and say yeah. like. 
wait a minute. Yeah. We're like totally celebrating these people who are famous for kind of no reason. Yeah. And getting dressed up in these crazy costumes, which are super expensive. Yeah. And, you know, so next year, Backlash. Pricked it right here. You heard okay. it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Did you know what Katy Perry dressed up as, though? No, I didn't know. An angel. Of course. As you know what Rihanna dressed up as? Uh, the Pope. <laughs> yes. That was my favorite. Those were, those were the two. Those were the those two. Were the two. Um, so. Did you see her name is Zendaya? Yes. Her, she was dressed as Joan of Arc. Oh, I did not realize. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The armor yes. and the, the haircut. Yes. Joan of Arc, 100%. Totally. Yeah, it was amazing. Okay, Stephen, tell me about your life. All right, Kayla. I've got good news and I've got bad news. Oh, no. What's... Now, there's a, there's an element of artifice here because I know you already know both sides, the good <laughs> news and bad news. But which which do you want to hear first? I always like to go with the bad news first okay. and with good news. All right. I don't I don't know that in this case it's really going to act as a salve for the I bad know. news. But. I know. So the this we're in season three, episode twenty seven of season three, and we're already winding down at the end of season three. The next week was going to be our last episode of season three. We're going to get up to twenty eight. But I got recent news, and this is going to be have to be our last season. Oh. At least for a while. Yeah. So we have this episode. We've we've got tonight. Yeah. Why don't you stay? And <laughs> uh, and we got one more episode after this one. And then I, I I'm not going to do the kind of thing where it's like we'll see what happens. Yeah. And we'll limp along and we'll, we're just gonna shut it down and then we'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll start again. Maybe we'll behold different people by then. Maybe the Chinese robots will have taken <laughs> over and none of this will matter and we'll take our protein pills as we go work in the silicon mines. <laughs> I mean, somebody's going to have to make it. You're just always putting a little sunshine in everything. All right. The sunshine is the good news is the reason I have to close it down is because I got into grad school. Yay! And I know fans out there, you're thinking, wait a minute. He's so erudite and old sounding. What is he doing going to grad school? And you would be right in both veins. (laughs) Uh, but yes, I'll be starting a PhD program in history in the fall. And so I'm got to just clear the slate. Yes. So it is too bad. But two more times. Yep. This time. To the news! Okay, Kayla. I think it's fair to say these are odd times. <laughs> And we have at the helm of our government, the leader of the executive branch, the face and representative of our nation, Mm -hmm. is a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) And and in a really, like, literal way, abnormal, right? He's not normal for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, What doesn't have any history of politics, Mm -hmm. uh, is old. Older than most other pres, almost every other president, um, is uh, a celebrity before he became president, which is pretty abnormal. Although there are yeah. levels of fame, but not like him. Um, and his particular business is really abnormal. Having a real estate, which is quote empire, but like, come on. So he has not just a weird, different guy, but he's acted weird and different. <laughs> Probably because he's never been in government before, but. There's a lot of other reasons, too. So I thought it would be good for us to keep in mind and remember what's his normal. 
right? Yeah. It's so hard after a year of this presidency to like remind yourself what is normal because mm-hmm. so so much has just sort of been accepted and allowed to happen and pushed boundaries have been pushed that we just sort of aren't questioning as much anymore. Yeah. Now we have to remember what the norms are. Okay. So first of all, what is a norm? Mm-hmm. A norm is different than a statute or a law, right? A, a statute or a law says this this has to be this way and you must comply with it. Otherwise, it's illegal. Mm-hmm. A norm is more a way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Okay. The presidency, especially the modern presidency, is really built around norms. There's not a lot of like legality, legal structures around what the president does and doesn't have to do. Uh, In the Constitution, it's really simple. Article two of the Article one's legislature, Article two, president, Mm -hmm. and there's really just four sections. Section one is how do how do you elect him? Section two is he's the commander of the military. He can make treaties and he fills all the positions of the government. Section three, he's got to report to Congress at least once a year. That's like a paragraph, honestly. It says, report, you know, timely reports to Congress, which has become the State of the Union, but it doesn't have to be the State of the Union. Mm. That's just a norm. And then number four, he can be impeached. That's it. Mm. So this entire bureaucratic machine that is led by this person is all built around normal ways of doing things. Um, the cabinet, the the that's an example of of a normal way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Now, some of this stuff has become structural, right? Like there's all of these executive functions that have been given over to the cabinet. So if you don't fill the cabinet, then there's things that the executive is supposed to do that it can't because there's people there's not people there to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But that's like a that's a structural norm that the, that you would have people to run the government, mm-hmm. right? Right. And he's, he's, okay, so there's there's abnormal number one, mm-hmm. our very first one that we got to. He's not filling up people to do the work of the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, at, the, at this critical moment where it seems like things are opening up with North Korea, the State Department is woefully underrepresented in this negotiation. Mm-hmm. Normally, there'd be a whole lot more people with jobs doing different kinds of research and assistantship type stuff. And also, the ambassador to South Korea, let me look it up again. Nobody, still no one. So how are we supposed to um, negotiate mm-hmm. diplomatically if we don't have diplomats? Okay, norm yeah. one, that you have people to do the work of the executive branch. <laughs> Seems like a pretty low bar. Yeah. I know. I found this really good academic paper about presidential norms. Mm-hmm. It is really good. And it helped, it helped me kind of organize what are norms and how do they how do these norms make the government run Mm -hmm. but it's super smart and so i'm gonna kind of just pull out a couple things from it but i'll post the link to steven at steven explains the news.blogspot.com okay another kind of structural norm is the president picks people for for positions and then the senate advises and consents and the way that plays out has really developed as a norm Mm -hmm. okay but and this is out of that paper Mm -hmm. polarization can erode norms and your faith in norms, yeah. right? Because people will say that you're acting in bad faith mm-hmm. if you are if you are not complying by the norm. Or people will say, the other side is doing it too, so we need to do it worse, mm-hmm. right? So this polarization of two sides can erode norms, which is how the government works. Mm-hmm. This is, I think she puts it really well. I should give her some credit here. Daphna Renan. Mm. She puts it really well. 
This is a quote from her. Polarization, meanwhile, focuses public attention on norm breaching in a potentially corrosive way. Political elites become quick to assert for partisan gain that the other side has breached norms of constitutional governance. This fuels the perception among the public that norms are less resilient and perhaps less important, and also that norm talk is merely a chip in a partisan fight. So if you're talking about norms, it's really just that you want me to comply with your side. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So the, the biggest example of the Senate itself, like the system not following a norm, is the, the refusal of the Senate to even meet with or seat the Supreme Court pick of Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Merrick Garland didn't even get a hearing. Mm -hmm. The Senate didn't follow the norm of the Senate advising. They just refused to advise. Mm -hmm. And so then they waited for the next person and they sat the next person. There's a huge violation of a norm there. Now, that's not by Trump, mm -hmm. but it's indicative of a larger sort of polarization of politics that's happening. I don't want to put it all on Trump, yeah. but most of it's going to go on him. Yeah. <laughs> the other structural norm is that certain offices are insulated. Institutions are supposed to be like certain institutions are held outside of partisan politics. Mm -hmm. Things like the FBI and the DOJ mm -hmm. are supposed to be really independent to keep them at least away from the veneer of partisan politics. Because yeah. they're, they're just investigative bodies and they're concerned about justice and the rule of law, mm -hmm. not about who's president, not about who's in the Senate, mm -hmm. none of that stuff, mm -hmm. right? And so obviously these norms have been violated by the president all over the place, mm -hmm. right? He does partisan tax against the FBI. He talks about um, the political leanings of federal judges. He talks about the Department of Justice is uh, not defending him personally enough, uh, which is all blurring the lines about this supposedly independent body that should be able to investigate on its own. The reason insulated authority is good is the president should realize that the government needs to appear like it's dispassionately defending the rule of law. The yeah, the president has the power to fire the FBI, right? The, the director of the FBI. Right. He has that power. But in theory, that person sort of works for the good of the American people. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't work for the president in that same way. Mm -hmm. So you should let him be independent. I'm using a lot of male pronouns, but I don't think we've had a female in either place. Interesting. Um, the, now, all of this, I don't want to get too cloudy here. Right. But these things have been a problem, not just this year. Right. It's not like 2017. All of a sudden, bad faith in governance mm -hmm. sprung up. I mean, the, the, the FBI has not always acted completely independently. When it was first formed, J. Edgar Hoover basically positioned himself as like a personal watchdog for the president. Oh, wow. And those early presidents all the way through, J. Edgar Hoover would go out and investigate political opponents and dig okay. up dirt for them. And I mean, they had this huge file on MLK as one of the most famous ones, wow. right? They, the FBI would, would hound MLK to try and dig up dirt for him to undermine his authority hmm. in his as a partisan actor, hmm. right? Um, so this isn't to say that like Trump firing Comey is the first time that there's been a blurring. But it's definitely the most public and obvious one and most politically like damaging to the system. When Hoover's running around behind the scenes gathering up information for LBJ and JFK, mm -hmm. right? This is all done kind of behind the scenes. Like the public didn't lose faith in the institutions, yeah. mostly because they didn't know about it. But this Trump firing Comey is Trump saying, yes, everything's inherently political. 
these norms of independent research are are done, are passe. Mm -hmm. Everything is about me. Everything's about politics. And I'm going to fire whoever I want and I'm going to act like a king, mm -hmm. right? Which is not, makes people lose faith in the system as independent and as concerned about the rule of law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another kind of structural norm, conflicts of interest. And this is another like good governance thing. The president wants the work of the American people to be, in theory, first and foremost on his mind. So he doesn't want to compromise his own decision making by having apparent conflicts of interest, like, say, a giant real estate, you know, network of buildings that would make it seem like he's making decisions on behalf of his real estate holdings. So you want to be the president wants you to be able to trust in the decisions that he's making. Right. And say, like, look, I'm going to put my financial holdings in a blind trust. I'm going to divest myself of all of this stuff. So, you know, I'm not doing things for personal gain. Mm -hmm. Trump has done none of those things and has not been made to do any of those things. My favorite part of this just I mean, favorite because it's just the worst. It's like the lowest moment. Uh, they were asking, like, are you going to liquidate your real estate holdings are you going to put your stuff in a blind trust like how are you going to remove these obvious conflicts of interest if you become the, the president and um trump says ah i'm gonna give the keys to my kids Stop. you know and i'm gonna let them run it and i'm gonna say have fun kids is that a blind trust i don't know let me tell you that is not a blind trust that is that lit explicitly not a blind trust if your own child is running the company and you know they're running the company, that is not a blind trust. And so the president right now maintains a hotel in Washington. He's got a name on buildings all over New York City and in Panama. And in, you know what I mean? And it creates problems. And you, it undermines his ability to, to act in a way that is, uh, inspires faith in the way he's yeah. acting. That's a structural norm. Okay. There's only a couple more. Okay. All right. Next big category is deliberative policy making the president so not only does like the department of justice and the fbi need to be independent but the president needs to get intelligence and analysis from nonpartisan sources as a way to inform his policy making right mm -hmm. so the cia shouldn't be explicitly politicized mm -hmm. right it should be in the business of gathering intelligence and it's not about who if the cia is a democrat or republican now Okay, there's still historic. There's problems with that, right? Historically, there's problems with that, but that at least is sort of institutional norm. The way they need to be treated, the the CBO is the the budget office, mm -hmm. right? Congressional budget office looks at the bills and decides kind of what the cost of those bills is going to be and long run whether it's going to cause a deficit or whether it's going to have a. The CBO is a nonpartisan office, mm -hmm. and their data can help your policy making mm -hmm. and it can also help sell your policy decisions. Mm -hmm. You can say, look, this nonpartisan office, this intelligence that we got from the CIA, this this report that we got from the CBO, CBO supports our decision to do X, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is not perfect either, yeah. right? Like the m probably the most famous example is Dick Cheney basically demanded that the intelligence community give them a reason to go into the war in Iraq. Mm -hmm. And they, they did. They got enough intelligence out of that agency. But that was um, not how it's supposed to work. But it still worked within the norm, right? Mm -hmm. Like the norm is the CIA says, here's what we know. Mm -hmm. And the president says, this is what we'll do. Okay. That's not what Trump does at all, mm -hmm. right? Like even, even when things are kind of broken, right? Like Bush starts an illegal war in Iraq based on bad intelligence, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The norm of independent agencies providing that data 
was intact. Yeah. And our faith in our institutions was generally intact, mm-hmm. even though we disagreed with the war crime that Bush committed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Trump doesn't do any of that, right? Trump acts like he's Louis Fourteenth, the Sun King, and just, you know, dictates what policy should be, right? He doesn't get any input from any kind of nonpartisan sources. And if any nonpartisan sources contradict his decision, he says fake news, he yeah. says you're run by Democrats, he says you're compromised, he says conspiracy theory, he undermines our faith in those institutions mm-hmm. to do their job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's not only that he, he's bad at making policy, but he undermines, in, in his badness at making policy, he undermines our faith in those institutions and that norm yeah. and the way it's supposed to work. And so we can see he has a hard time in rolling out policy, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not just that, that um, oh, it, it's not ideal, right? But uh, his ban on Muslim immigrants held up in courts and basically effectively blocked by the federal judges. Yeah. His Daca. ban of transgender uh, s- service people mm-hmm. the basically pushed back on by the military. Hmm. Military says, no, we're going to continue. We're going to wait on that. We're going to see. We're going to continue to accept. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, DACA is another yeah. great example. The court said, yeah, you, you can't do that because of his non-reliance on independent research and just, you know, just good due diligence in deciding what policy should be. What about the wall? Right. Exactly. I mean, the wall is another great example. He had okay. no research into what it would take to build a wall. Why sh- should we have a wall? Right. Like those questions were never asked. Mm-hmm. He He said wall one day mm-hmm. and and the crowd went wild mm-hmm. so he kept saying wall mm-hmm. that's literally he has said that yeah. i didn't make that up he told that story and so there's no nonpartisan sort of research going on there's nothing undergirding the policy and so the policy is hard to sell because you're like people ask those questions why do we need this mm-hmm. how much is it going to cost who's going to pay for it mm-hmm. right and he can't answer in any good faith because he doesn't have any of those any of that uh, research done at all. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that it does is if he just goes around decrying fake news for anyone that disagrees with his policy mm-hmm. is it erodes faith in those institutions too. Our faith in the CBO has been, I think, pretty fundamentally shaken over the course of this last year mm-hmm. as not just Trump, but Republicans in Congress have attacked the CBO as they've scored the tax bill and said, this is going to cause deficits. And they've said, CBO is partisan. CBO is, right? That kind of stuff destroys our ability to have a civil discourse, mm-hmm. right? And to have data that we can all share and talk about, mm-hmm. right? That's, uh, to me, that's way worse than having ill-advised policy. Mm-hmm. If he just was making crap up and throwing it out there, mm-hmm. uh, even if some of it got through, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But the destruction of faith in sort of institutional knowledge is the real damage that's going to be Uh, hard to come back from which gets us to our last one Mm. norms in communication (laughs) so this isn't about governance so much although it is mm, this is a little bit about governance because the president is sort of the rhetorical spokesperson and over time the the norm has become the president sort of leads the the nation not just in kinds of times of crisis but also leads the legislative agenda Mm -hmm. right the the president becomes the lead person in a lot of different facets here which is a norm. It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Like presidents could just be executives. Yeah. They wouldn't have to, you know, uh, they could make their yearly statement to the State of the Union and not say anything else. Mm-hmm. But the norm has been the president comes to the press and is accountable to the press regularly. Mm-hmm. The numbers of presidential news conferences are going to 
blow your mind. Oh, no. All right. You ready? Yeah. So George W. Bush did about three or four a year until the end. And then he did about 10 a year. Hmm. Okay. We're just talking about solo news conferences. Okay. Okay. There's there's more. He did about another 14 joint conferences. But they almost always have to do joint conferences. Like when Macron comes to town, you have to do a joint conference with Macron because they, that's just a, a something you kind of can't get around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barack Obama did about eight to 10 a year. So one year he did five, but he did about eight to 10 a year press on his own. Press, press, solo press conferences where he would come out, he would talk to the press, he would answer questions to the press. Interesting. Yeah, same thing. George W. Bush, like I said, there was about three, five. Yeah. And then in the last couple of years, it was about 10 a year. Okay. Trump, he's been in office one full year and half of another year. He has done one. Wow. He doesn't allow himself to be held accountable to the press. Now, he's done more joint press conferences. Okay. He, so he did 20 in his first year. Oh, okay. But that's because he had people visiting. And he yeah. was he had other... He was sort of almost like forced to, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this year, he's so far, he's done about three, I think. It might be four now. But that solo press conference with the president coming out, giving a speech, and the Rose Garden, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then taking questions from the press one time. Wow. And it was a disaster. Really? Yeah, it w- it went really poorly. Uh, so this norm in communication, yeah. where, the, where the president allows himself to be personally available a handful of times a year, is blown up. I mean, he's always available on Twitter. That's has become the new norm. It you it even when we look one president ago at how Twitter was used. Yes. Right. Very officially, a, you know, a somewhat tongue in cheek. Sure. As, as they're trying to roll out Obamacare. Right. They're posting some memes and things. Right. But it's a very clear delineation between health and human services is trying to big up Obamacare. Right. So it's almost like an advertising campaign. Fine. The president, the actual presidential Twitter is this over here. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. clear roles, clear division of communication in the government and coordinated communication. We're all going to talk about this thing this week. We're all going to get on the same. We all know what we're all supposed to be talking about and how we're going to get out there and talk about it. Very pro- sort of professional. Even if you know they're using Twitter and it's mm-hmm. a bit informal, sure. it's very coordinated and professional. This president literally just a, a, his own personal Twitter account. He doesn't even use the presidential one. He just uses the same one from when he was campaigning. Stop. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. He just uses at real Donald Trump as his official. And that's how he makes announcements. That's how he announces who's fired. People find out they're fired in this government t- via Twitter. It's, it's, it's not really how it's supposed to work, right? It's, an, it's just an absolute explosion of a norm. Oh, God, it's so bad. <laughs> All right, this is, the, this is the conclusion from that paper. Indeed, contemporary American politics, shaped by partisan, effective, and ideological polarization and rising inequality, makes structural norms more fragile throughout the political process. It heightens the fact and nature of contestation over those norms. It whittles away at previously agreed-upon core commitments, and it fuels a discourse that undermines institutions. It's not just Trump. Yeah. But it's he is not helping. Yeah. In some ways, he's like the accelerant Mm -hmm. in the polarization chemical reaction, Mm -hmm. right? Adding him has destroyed what was already kind of 
crumbling yeah. Yeah. over the course of the Obama administration in terms of like goodwill, yeah. working together, having norms of governance. All right, this is one one more bite of the apple here. All right. All right. Get into a picture of your of your mind, right? The person destroying all these norms, <laughs> right? Our president. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought it was kind of interesting to think about like the the attributes of this representative of our nation. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a list of attributes, and I want you to just stop me if you think any of them apply to our president. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful. Friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Mm. Those are the Boy Scout oath. <laughs> All right. Okay. There's one more. You ready? There's yeah. a little bit of overlap here. There's a little bit of overlap. Let's let's just get a picture in our mind. Okay. Do any of these apply? to the person who is the head of all of this. Mm-hmm. We've entrusted mm-hmm. with great faith, patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. You didn't. You didn't ever stop me. No. That is is uh, from First Corinthians, or as Trump would yeah. say, Corinthians one, yeah. chapter thirteen. Yeah. Those are all the attributes of love. All right. Okay. One more list. Yeah. You ready? See if see if any of these apply. Greed, wrath, envy, lust, sloth, gluttony, pride. Jeez. Uh huh. All right. It's gonna get so much worse. Before it gets better. Yeah. Like, it really is. Yeah. I mean... the There is nothing that he won't sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There's nothing he won't burn down. He's already... In good times, look what he's burned down. Mm-hmm. When things go wrong and bad, he will tear everything down. He will. And he... And he there's this working theory he has that he's immortal. Mm-hmm. And so far, all the evidence points to the fact that he is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, he expects it. Sure. And we have to remember, we have to remember what's normal. Yeah. Right? Not that it's all going to snap back, Mm-mm. but we have to hold on to what we remember as normal and fight for that. Mm-hmm. And also remember, like, what your line is. Mm-hmm. When, when that line is crossed, you have to tell somebody or go out to the street or go no, have a plan now mm-hmm. for when your line is crossed mm-hmm. because there's nothing that, w- that this mm-hmm. person won't tear down mm-hmm. to save themselves. Mm-hmm. And they're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. This is a, uh, they're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. That's how you're going to end the podcast. <laughs> that was a rough one, but we had to do it. I know. You're what, right. What do you... I, I know. All right. Should we do a fun one? Yeah. I don't have a fun one. It's fine. We should just... No, let's just leave the people sitting with that. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. All right. That's the show. Thank you for joining us. And we can... It's just good. We're strong. We're strong. We don't need to bread and circus every five seconds. You guys are great. You're, you're going to do great. We appreciate you. I, I want to say that the show will be up on Stitcher and SoundCloud at least for probably less than a year. So if you didn't... If you want to go back and get any back episodes, now is your chance to do it. But as soon as I have to pay anybody any money, it's yeah. all coming down. 
but you can email the show, stephen.explains at gmail.com. That's free. So email that whenever you want. And the Facebook page is there. Uh, Stephen Explains the News at Facebook. Come on to the Facebook page and say hi. Kayla, I will see you next week. Okay, bye. See you next week. Bye. Oh, wait, I think I might cry next week. It's going to be fun. We're going to do like a party. Okay. It's going to be like... Can I bring a cake? Bring a cake. Bring whatever you want. I'm going to write that down. (laughs)